Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the Kingdom of Heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, what do we do with these verses in Scripture that we love to quote that sound really good and we look them on paper and we're like, yes, amen, glory, hallelujah, yes, Lord. And then we go into the practical realities of everyday life. And we're like, oh, Lord, like, I don't necessarily see this playing out. And well, I, I know your word says this and, and like, I choose to believe it's true, but, but, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. And if we're really honest, there's quite a number of verses like that, or at least I find there are, I'll be honest with you. I find that there are that I can really go down this road of, but I don't see this and I don't see this. And what about that? And, and Lord, but your word says, but your word says, but your word says. And anyways, one of those verses for me, I just thought I'd share one of them with you today is actually Philippians 4.19. Okay. We'd love to quote as God will supply all your needs. You're missing something. God will supply all your needs. Oh, don't worry about that. God will supply all your needs. Sounds great. Doesn't it? Well, it's true. It's the word of God. But the manifestation of that can be a challenge. So out of the Amplified, that verse reads, and my God will liberally, just say liberally, liberally supply, fill until full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, here's the thing. The riches of heaven are never the problem. I just want to put that out there. The, our, 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 the supply chain is never the problem. Okay, it's, it's, it's not that God is short on mercy. He's not short on provision. He's not short on healing. He's not sure on whatever. He's not short on whatever that need is. That's not the issue. You know, the Passion Translation reads, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. For I have seen. I like both translations because the Amplified, I like that liberally fill. And I like that what they have in parentheses, the fill until full. And I also like that it's, it's the according, like the measure for the fullness is his riches of glory. Okay, and then I like the pa passion translation because it says, I'm convinced. Are you convinced that God will supply? Okay, will fully supply every need, not just some needs, but every need. And then the other thing I like about the passion is I have seen, you know, we're told to stand on the promises of God. We're told to be in the word of God. We're told to recount the blessings. We're told to be, uh, you know, to rejoice and give thanks for what he has done. And it's as we do these things that it opens the door to usher in the, the glorious riches, the fullness of his riches, that like opens up the blockade to the supply chain. In other words, the blockade's always on our end, always on our end. But again, it's a challenging verse. I mean, there's needs that I have that I haven't seen God fulfill. There's things that I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for, and I haven't seen God fulfill. There's been things that I've contended for that I firmly believe I had word from God, and I haven't seen them come to pass. 
Okay, there's there's all sorts of that list could go on and on and on, but I can't take a black marker and cross out that verse in the Bible and the word will and my God will supply. That word will means will. There's no hidden meaning behind it. It means that he will. So then I back up and I'm like, okay, what was going on as this was written? So, and I and I wonder as, as Paul penned these words, like if there was any but in his mind. I mean, he was faithful to pen what the Holy Spirit was showing. It just, it just exudes through every word that he writes. But the reality is in this moment, he was imprisoned in Rome. He was chained to elite Roman guards. He was awaiting trial before Caesar. He was under house arrest. The local pastors had become envious of Paul. And what they were doing is they were working against him. They were threatening his life. There was no unity. There was no unity. There was lots of, lots of discord. There was lots of jealousy, but there certainly wasn't unity. And, you know, he's under house arrest. And you're like, well, at least he was under house arrest. That's better than the dungeons. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it's very interesting when you're under house arrest and you're chained between two elite uh, Roman guards and your movement's very limited. And yet to stay under house arrest, you have to pay your rent. You have to pay your own rent. And then you step back and you pen, but my God will supply. You see what what he goes on and and what he's saying is he was a man who was held physically captive. He was a man who had a lot seemingly going against him in the earthly round. I mean, his life was at stake. But he was a man who was free spiritually. He was a man who was free emotionally. So even though the physical was held captive, even though things maybe weren't as cushy and wonderful and warm and comfortable as he wanted, he didn't have the privacy he wanted. He didn't have the freedom to move around. But he was spiritually and emotionally free. You know, Philippians 4.10 lets us know that he's rejoicing and he's not just rejoicing, but he's greatly rejoicing and just say greatly rejoicing. You see, this aspect of rejoicing in difficult situations, it can go against your human nature, can, and at least it can against mine. And yet, once again, that's what Paul was doing. You see, Paul had a tendency to do this. When, when things were going against him, he went and began rejoicing. He was very, very aware of his circumstances. He wasn't in denial. But again, he wasn't consumed by his circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I can struggle. I can I can get consumed by my circumstances rather than making a choice, just say choice, rather than making a choice to focus on the Lord, to praise God, to stand on his promises, to shout out his promises in the, in the middle of my circumstances, which seem to be going against, in the middle of my lack, in the middle of my questions, to rejoice, to shout out his promises, to stand on the word of God, you know. Psalm 121, 1 and 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then, of course, Nehemiah 8.10 tells us not to grieve because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Paul knew this. He knew that secret. And his attitude is an example to every believer. You see, as difficult as it is, we can't be dependent on our situations. 
you know, how often do we lean on the people around us? Sure, we're called to be in community, but how often do we look to them rather than looking to God? Or we look to our job rather than to the Lord, our health rather than to the Lord, our finances rather to the Lord. You see, when when we're looking in the wrong spot for that ultimate peace, for that ultimate supply, then we're always going to fall short because someone or something's going to disappoint us. It's, it's not going to live up to the standard because that supply is not coming from God's supply house. It's coming from man's. It's coming from earth. It's very limited in what it can do. It's like talking about that peace that surpasses understanding. We can't access that peace in and of ourselves. It's only in conjunction with the Lord. You see, when we focus on the Lord and on his hand and on his supply chain, his word, his promises, and the history that we have walking with him, then then we see that he brings the pieces together. And one of the challenges is it often doesn't look the way that we think it should look. You know, Bill Johnson, I don't remember his story exactly, but I remember him telling about like, if he had prayed for, you know, this fancy car, And, you know, he prayed for it, prayed for it, prayed for it. But the Lord said no, because he knew that 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 fancy car would lead to a place that, you know, that that he wasn't called to go. And I'm I'm radically summarizing this and taking out how he said it. But the concept is that often we don't understand what we're praying for. And there are times when we need to be thanking the Lord that he said no, rather than saying you didn't meet me in that moment. You did not meet that need. Anyways, so as we look at all this, as we look at, you know, focusing on him and looking at him, you know, it doesn't mean that we isolate, and don't live life with others. And when we're hurting, that's often what we do is we'll isolate. And, and yet we're called to live in relationship. You know, we're called to encourage each other and build each other up. So we never shield ourselves from having people around us because we're made for community and yet they won't meet every need. We shouldn't decide that we're just not going to work and people have done that. They'll use the rationale. They'll, they'll take this first, they'll pull it out and they'll say, well, God's going to supply my every need, but you know, we're actually created to work and to provide. But the flip side is we can't look at that job or income to supply every need because it cannot um, and we, we sometimes take security in our bank accounts, you know, especially as we get older and we start, we start, you know, we, we've walked the road for a while and mom and dad aren't providing for us. Or some of you are from homes where mom and dad couldn't provide. And, and that bank account or the money that we have in hand becomes very, very precious. And what can happen is our security can look at that or go to that rather than to the Lord. But again, it can fall short. Um, you know, earthly currency is volatile at best, whereas heavenly currency, it can't fail. It cannot fail. We can we can't afford to look to our family to provide all joy because every family has issues. Amen. Every family has issues. God put us in families; they're important. Scripture is very clear about that. The family unit is very important. The marriage relationship is very very important. But they're also not our source of our greatest strength or our greatest joy because that's actually our relationship with the Lord. So if you're anything like me, okay, when you feel like everything's going great, you know, things are good, you're on the mountaintop, then you could feel like all the needs are being met. 
but again, the challenge is that sometimes God's definition of what our needs are is very, very different than our own, right? Okay. Paul continues on to say that he has learned, and just say learn, he's learned to be content in whatever circumstance he finds himself in. You see, he's not picking and choosing, but he's radically trusting God. In other words, what he is picking and choosing is to trust God. He can't necessarily pick and choose his circumstances, but he can pick and choose to trust God. So it's not that all choices have been stripped away, even in captivity, because we, our choice to trust God can never be taken away unless we allow it to be taken away. Let me say that again. The choice to trust God, the choice to radically follow God, the choice to chase after God, the choice to be in his word, the choice to stand on his promises can never be taken away unless we allow it to be taken away. And Paul would not allow that to happen. So it's easier said than done, but the more we practice it, the easier it becomes, the more it becomes a habit, it becomes part of our lifestyle. And that's why I think Paul was able to say, you know what? He was basically saying this well with my soul. I mean, he, he's, he, I, I imagine the witness he had to those guards, you know, all the various prisoners that they would have guarded. And here comes Paul. Here comes Paul. I'm sure he was talking about the Lord. He was witnessing. He was telling them everything that they've seen. He was planting seeds like crazy. Okay, that's what he was doing. You know, but like I said, again, even in that, he was able to state with confidence that my God will liberally supply fill until full your ever need according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Or as the passion says, I am convinced. He was totally convinced that my God will, will, satisf will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. You see, through his life, he had seen the provision. He'd seen the glory. He'd, he'd seen those riches. And there, there was no doubt. You know, Stephen Lawson, he, he just, this is a quote from him. I, I love what he says. He says, what Paul learned is what you and I must learn. Paul did not learn the sitting at the seat of Guatemala, the rabbi who schooled him in Judaism. He did not learn this by receiving one of the greatest educations in that part of the known world. He did not learn this as a Pharisee of Pharisees. This is something that he had to learn in the school of discipleship with Christ. As experience reveals, this is usually learned not in times of prosperity, but in times of adversity. You know, the language that's used here is learning to be content. It speaks of this calm acceptance of, of our situations. And I want to be careful given some of what's going on today presently. It does not mean that we accept everything that comes at us. It does not mean that there's not a time for war. Okay. But within this, within ourselves, there needs to be this peace. Okay. Remember, Paul demanded to go to Caesar. Okay. He, he actually fought to get where he is now to be in prison. Okay. Um, he, you know, he, he cried out for this. And, um, but I'm sure he didn't know how it would all play out. But that calm, that inner peace, that inner, inner calm that we trust God in every situation, every circumstance, even in the difficult ones. Because when we do that, when it says, my God will supply your every need according to his riches for glory in Jesus Christ. Some of you need the strength to speak up. 
Some of you need the strength to trust God for finances. Some of you need the strength to trust God for a job. Some of you need the strength to trust God for a marriage. Some of you need the strength to trust God for healing. Okay, so so we can't just take this into a certain realm. Some of you are influencing the political realm in your nation, and you need the strategy of heaven to step into that. That's one of your needs right now. So this, and when we look at this, we tend to take it down to just this little bitty thing, but God's heart or desire is to supply every need we have. That also means the needs that we have to walk into the fullness of the calling that he has on our life. That's part of what he was supplying for Paul right here as he was preparing to go before Caesar. And so, that leads us back around to when God supplies all our needs, he supplies them on the mountaintop, he supplies them in the valley, he supplies them in the prison, he supplies them when they're free, he supplies in times of wealth, in times of, and he supplies in times of what lack, okay, he supplies in time of joy, and he supplies in time of grieving. And he also supplies in the times when we feel like we understand and we have the answers, and he supplies in the times when we don't get it when we're just throwing our hands up in the in the air and saying, Lord, I don't understand. And yet I will trust you. It's making that choice each and every day. So the question becomes, who or what do we intentionally cast our focus on during each season of life? So a great homework assignment is to grab your journal, grab grab scripture, pull, pull that up, you know, take a look at Philippians 4 and, um, you know, like, yeah, 10 and following. Take a look at that. Really ask the Lord to speak. And then a great journaling question is, okay, Holy Spirit, show me anywhere where I'm not looking to you, where I'm looking to someplace else or someone else to meet a need. And I'm actually, because when we look over and, and put him like, I'm looking at this person, place, thing, whatever, to supply my need. And putting God down here, that's idolatry. Okay, God has to be first. And then from that, he supplies that need. Now, supplying that need, you're looking for a job. It could mean that you need to go put resumes out. Okay, um, you know, you need to learn. You need to take investment strategy courses. You know, you need, there's all sorts of ways. But he gives us that download as to how to proceed forward that that needs met. And sometimes he just miraculously meets that need. Remember, God's not hemmed in by how we assume it has to happen. He's going to do it in the way that gives us exactly what we need in the right time and that glorifies him. Okay. It's a journey, folks. It's a journey. We're not going to get there overnight. So when you know that you've missed it, ask for his forgiveness and try again because he is so faithful and he loves you so very, very much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, for your promises that you will supply, liberally supply, that you will fill until full every need that we have. So Father, we take those needs right now and we lift them before you. Just hold them in your hand, just see them in your hands and lift those needs before him. And Lord, forgive us for when we've looked for anyone or anything else to fill those needs. So, Lord, we want to get things back into alignment. So we lift those needs up before you. We come to you first and foremost and, and only you. And, Lord, we say fill, fill these needs. You know the needs that we have. You know the needs that I have. So we just invite you because your word says that you will supply. So, Father, I, I, I ask you to open the storehouses of heaven. And, Lord, I want to receive what you have, whether it looks the way I think it should or not. I just relinquish that to you. 
And, and Lord, I just stand on my prom on your promise that you'll fulfill all my needs. And I invite that peace into my spirit, that peace that surpasses understanding. There's some really big needs out there. And so father, just let your, let your peace flow in, let your peace flow in. We could hear you, that we could see you, that we could take the steps that we're to take as you tell us to. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That's a wrap for today. Thank you again for joining me. Please feel free to share this. Tell others about it. Invite them in. Visit the website, ruthhendrickson.com. All sorts of information, resources on there for you. The broadcast, the the, um, blogs. You know, like I said, additional resources from myself and others, ways you can connect also where you can find out about the International Mashaw team or getting Mashaw training yourself, which is the emotional healing and deliverance team and training. And so again, that website is ruthhendrickson.com. Whatever you do, have a great day. Be so blessed. Know that God will supply your every need that you are not an accident. You are here for such time as this. He has plans and purposes for you and they are good. So just keep going step by step, hand in hand with him into all he has and let your heart sing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.